Monday provided the full Adalberto Mondesi experience. He was terrific at the plate with a home run, terrific in the field with a web gem, and he got hurt. On today's Sportsbeat KC with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Vahe Gregorian, we discuss Mondesi and the Royals, who are 10-6 since their 11-game losing streak. We cover several other topics as well, including how the Royals might handle the rotation if Danny Duffy remains unavailable and how the bullpen sets up. It's Tuesday, June 1st. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. Let's get started talking Royals. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, where we talk Royals with the folks from the Kansas City Star who know them best. And with you, please join in the conversation with your questions and comments. A big shout out to our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. You'll hear more from them later in the show. Let's say good morning to Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian. Hello, guys. Hello, Blair. Hello, Vahe. Hiya, Lynn. Sam Ellinger usually joins us. Um, Sam had better things to do today, um, but that's that's Sam. No, that's it. No, Sam is... Uh, um, Sam has taken a couple days off, so uh, good for him, and we'll be back with Sam next week, but thrilled to have Lynn and Vahe here. Um, I'll tell you what, guys, um, last week, a week ago today, we come on, what, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time uh, every week, and in an impeccable sense of timing, the Adalberto Montesi returning to the Royals news broke just about the time that this show posted as a podcast. So, Lynn, I think you were in the air as it was happening or on your certainly making your way to Tampa, and uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the impact of Mondesi, but we get to do it now, and we have a week's worth of, um, of, of numbers of games to, to consider, and uh, let's uh, – every – and then let's talk about it a little bit, maybe up, up until the eighth inning of, of last night. He has been, well, basically, we've got, we're getting the, the last couple of weeks, three weeks of the season of 2020 Mondesi versus the first couple of months of Mondesi in the strike-shortened uh, season of, of 2020. And what I mean by that is something like this. Here's what he did in his final plate appearance on Monday night against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's got to find some way to hit. Oh, my God. There's nothing Gonzalez can do about that one. That is gone over the bullpen. Mondesi. It's a two-run shot in the fifth. So, uh, Actually, I don't know if that was his final plate appearance, but it was um, it was the biggest blow of the game in the in the Royal seven to three victory over Pittsburgh last night. Uh, they uh, took it from a three two lead to a five two lead in in the fifth inning, and quite a blast. And he he waited until the ESPN cameras were at Kauffman Stadium to to have the the type of game that he did. All right, Lynn, we've got a week's worth of. Alberto Alberto Mondesi to to consider here. What have we seen from this guy? We've seen him 
his power. We've seen speed. We've seen him play um, pretty well at shortstop. Um, I mean, he's he's a really good shortstop. I think there was maybe a play or two where you could tell that he hadn't, you know, necessarily played every day for a couple of months um, on the road, at least. But other than that, I mean, it's been like you said, the guy who was, you know, one of the best players, um, you know, definitely on the team, maybe in baseball the last, you know, month of last season after the first 29 games were just dreadful. Um, that's what you've seen from him this year. Um, I think he had – he played seven games, including, you know, one game he didn't finish, um, and he played – he had four multi-hit games. He had home runs in two out of his last three games – he was hitting, uh, I think it was 360 or something in that small sample size. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he had, um, I think it was five extra base hits. You know, I mean, his first two at-bats, he doubled from each side of the plate, you know, hitting them off the wall out in Tropicana. So um, there wasn't a whole lot that you didn't see from him. Yeah, so he's hitting 360, um, slugging 720, and his OPS is 1080. That'll play. No, those are those are okay numbers. Um, uh, Vahe, I'll never forget you and I sitting at um, at City Field in New York, watching him make his major league debut in the World 2015 World Series. And I forgot who the Mets pitcher was, but uh, Montesi struck out. But there was a purpose to bringing him up in that setting for you know, for the Royals at you know the bright lights. And uh, this is what we think of you. We think you're a future star. And it's been a um, what, what, how, how do we describe the road to uh, that, that he's on? But uh, the, the stardom hasn't arrived, but gosh, there are absolute stretches of, oh my goodness, how good is this player? And I think we've seen it this past week. We have, Blair, and, and uh, first let me say that there are advantages to our last week tonight format uh, here that, that you know we can pay homage to John Oliver, but it is nice to have a week to look at this, actually. I love how you got into that point about him being part of that World Series team because we've talked a little bit off the air about um, – sort of the, the donut, kind of the gap in between generations of, of these uh, Royals players, some of whom are back with the team, some of whom have stayed with the team, but very few guys that came up since the World Series years, guys like Whit Merrifield, people like that that haven't fully tasted it. And Mondi just having a little taste of it is an interesting snippet of his arc. Um, you were asking before about if there's a word to describe it. And I don't know if haphazard's quite the right word, um, but there is something about the full Mondi experience that we can get into that, that we had last night, right? The unbelievable explosiveness, um, the, but you're left often holding your breath, both about what he might do and, oh, he might get hurt again. And that's a little of where we are, but, but there is something mesmerizing about having him out there. Uh, he, he, the explosiveness, the, the, all the extra base hits, as, as Lynn pointed out, those just seem to happen at any given time. And, and you think he looks like something uh, above everything else that's out there when he's on. And I would be remiss. I would be remiss if I didn't point out there was one other thing we've seen from him that I don't think we, I'd seen at least. That was the bat flip last night. The bat flip was a, it was a new addition. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a Fernando Tatis big flailing one. It was a little 
just one-handed, like, you know, nonchalant, just, here you go, as he trotted, you know, behind a uh, 400 and I think it was 17-foot home run. Yeah. Is that the way you did it back in the day, Lynn? Yeah, well, you know, I I, I like to keep it somewhat low-key, you know. <laughs> Jose Batista's got my favorite uh, bat flip. Uh, he just <laughs> stands there and chucks the bat away. Uh, he's, he's, this is classic. But you're right, it was a nice, it was a nice bat flip, and we had not seen that from – from Mondesi, um, that was quite the quite the blast last night. You were right on the measurement, four hundred and seventeen feet, and I believe the I don't know if this was on the Royals broadcast, but on the ESPN broadcast, said it was the the the, the best exit velocity of a Mondesi home run in his major league career, one hundred nine point eight, I think. Uh, so he got all of it, and yeah. uh, he, he crushed hey. it. And I can tell you, just in the ballpark, it was one of those ones where as soon as it got up in the air off the bat, everybody in the stadium, you know, reacted at once. It was just sort of like, that one's gone. And everybody just jumping up. I mean, it was, you know, it, it didn't take long to get up off of the bat. Like, I mean, it was like that. And it was, boom, and it was just like, okay, that's not coming back. And then you look down and you realize Mondesi's, you know, took a little glance at it and then just gave a little twirl and, um, you know, went about his business. Uh, it was interesting. I asked uh, Hunter Dozier about it last night in post game, and Dozier um, is more of a straightforward old school. I mean, I think you know, Raja, you you wrote the story about how he's sort of got a little bit of that uh, Alex Gordon uh, embodiment <laughs> in him. Um, but Dozier had a, a grin on his face when he was saying, "Yeah, I don't think I've seen that before, but I like it." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't. It wasn't a show up the pitcher sort of bat no. flip. It was. No. It was just a celebration bat flip. I, it was really cool and, and great to see, and and uh, would like to see more of it. Uh, but as as we both, uh, all of us, have alluded to, uh, the 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 Mondesi experience is not complete unless uh, we get some uh, some injury news. And he makes a terrific play in the eighth inning. Uh, the 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 slow grounder. I forgot who I forgot who hit it. Uh, but uh, charges, scoops. Uh, strong arms to first and the first out of the eighth inning. And we don't know anything at the time because Montessi finished the inning defensively, was scheduled to come to bat in the bottom of the eighth. Mickey Lopez pinch hit, and we're all wondering, okay, what, what's going on? And, Lynn, what is the latest on Adalberto Montessi's injury? Well, he has a left hamstring injury. There, uh, They were still – trying to the, um, diagnose the extent of it uh, last night after the game. Expect to find out more here today. Um, but, yeah, he – I mean, obviously, like you said, he finished the inning. Uh, I think Kevin Newman was the, the batter. Um, and, you know, went back and looked at the, the tape. Um, I mean, he didn't show any signs of it, but he did go a long way to get it from deep in the hole to on the grass and then made the throw on the run. He might have even made the throw off of sort of one leg at the time. But you didn't see any signs of it. But, yeah, he was um, – and it was even more striking was because he was – you mentioned his uh, final plate appearance. Well, I think technically the home run might have been because he was at the plate in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, I think it was Benintendi got thrown out. So then he was back up again to start the eighth, and that's when Nicky Lopez came in. So it was like, wait a minute, he was just at the plate. And then – so that's why it narrows it down to you, you figure it's got to be that play in the field. But um, – 
Mike Matheny wasn't sure after the game. Um, they say it was a left hamstring, and they were still um, trying to get a, a handle on it last night. There was some thought that we might have got a chance to talk to Mondesi last night, but it sounded like he was going to be in the trainer's room for a while, and they sort of just pulled the plug on that, and we're going to find out more today. Okay, well, let's hear what Mike Matheny had to say. Lynn, you were the one who asked him about it, and, and then Andy Rogers followed up. But here's what Mike Matheny had to say about the Mondesi injury. Obviously, you guys added on some, some runs after, but I was just curious how, how big you felt like that uh, the home run with Mondi was just at that point in the game, one run game. I think there's two outs as well, so it looked like maybe you guys, uh, they might get out of that uh, spot there, and obviously he came through. Yeah, I mean, that ball was hammered. Um, great swing, wasn't trying to do too much, and that's uh, he's really been in a good place uh, with his swing um, and much needed at that point, give us a little bit of breathing room. But um, yeah, and um, you know, I hated to see him come out of the game right there. I had um, a tweak in his hamstring, so we're still kind of getting our eyes on what that exactly is, but um, you know, un unfortunate, but We'll uh, hear what the trainers have to say. Mike, did, did he feel that um, with, with that last uh, defensive play there, or, or was it running around the bases? Or? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'm guessing it was him coming in there. That was a really good play. There, there aren't many shortstops in the league that make that play, but um, and it did take a full burst to make it happen. So I'm guessing that's where it happened, uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's right. There aren't many shortstops that, that make that play. It was terrific. And I fully, when, when the ball came off the bat, I fully expected a, an infield hit and, you know, another Tyler Zuber experience, right? And, um, and no, he Montessi got him the out. Reynolds followed with the solo home run, but that could have been a two-run homer if Montessi, you know, doesn't make that play. So, there's, uh, I, I expect we'll know more today, Lynn. Don't you think uh, sometime later today we should have uh, a Mondesi update? Yeah, yeah, we should find out. I mean, even, um, you know, whether he's going to be able to play or just what his status is, uh, we should find out something before tonight's game. They do play tonight. Tomorrow's an off day. Um, depending on severity, I mean, I wouldn't be, I guess I wouldn't be shocked to sort of spitballing right now. I mean, if, if, there any, if there's any concern that, you know, if they didn't put play him today just because he's gotten off day tomorrow coming already. So, but we'll see. We'll find out um, probably later this afternoon. Hamstrings are a little tricky too. You, you don't want to, you know, look, <coughs> you don't want to rush back from a hamstring. You don't want to rush back from any, any injury. And they certainly didn't rush him with the oblique at the beginning of the season. He had, but seven weeks of recovery time, maybe six before he did his rehab assignment. And I, you've got to think that if there's, uh, I, I kind of like that thought, Lynn. If you know, they, since they're off on Wednesday, may not see him in the lineup tonight, and give him a couple of days to to rest this thing. But listen, he has he has certainly been injury prone. In fact, I kind of think of him now as the Joel Embiid of baseball when it comes to injuries. He, it's hard to keep keep him on the field, uh, but when he's on the field, he can be spectacular. Um, uh, Vahe, I, I, I don't know. I, you, We've we've dealt with athletes who have had injury issues throughout their careers. It's just it's just a frustrating sense, isn't it, that uh, he can't seem to stay healthy? That, that's exactly what it is. And I I've been thinking about this. Well, okay, so what are you supposed to do about it, right? I mean, 
you, you get frustrated. The reason you get frustrated is because he could be so great. And so that's the, the dilemma of the whole situation, right? I mean, at one extreme, you could say, well, it's just never going to, he's never going to be able to stay healthy. They better trade him, right? You could, you could say that. I mean, probably get good value for him. I mean, I'm just making this scenario up altogether, but the guy is a budding superstar. And I think you just have to, you know, it's maybe it's like a great, a, 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 not a great race horse. I mean, that's a probably a dumb analogy, but it's something that, you, you know, this comes with the territory uh, with somebody. He's a, he's, he's of that special kind of nature that I think you just have to do everything you can to work with, with, keeping him as healthy as possible. It sounds, you know, very simplistic, but it might mean things as obvious as, yeah, he should sit tonight, even if they think they did, he just tweaked it, right? Even if they, even if he could have gone, even if he would have batted last night in the seventh, if not for Ben and Tendy being thrown out, right? It sounds like he would have. Um, just give it one more day. Maybe that's the kind of thing, and that's the price you pay to, to, Hope you can have them the longest amount of time. It, it's it's a dilemma, though. I, I think it's a, a dilemma within the organization just because you want to be able to count on somebody for this grind. And, you know, it's funny. It was um, not funny, but just it's coincidental, I guess, that uh, coming in at the end of this series is Minnesota, who has a player in Byron Buxton, their center fielder, who is, you know, I mean, it's amongst some people who some of the media, it's almost like, you know, people would say, uh, Mondesi is their version of, or our version of Buxton and Buxton is the version of Mondesi for the respective cities because Buxton was one of those guys who was a top prospect, elite center fielder. He's got power, speed. Um, at the beginning of this season, he was a guy who people were talking about, you know, could potentially, I think he at one point he was leading the league in home runs and he also was, you know, stealing bases, extra base hits and making defensive plays in center field. I think in that series in Minnesota, he might have robbed Benintendi of a couple of extra base hits. But he's a guy who's been injured in the minors and in the majors. And when you see him play, it's like, wow. But then it's like, when's the next injury coming up? And he didn't play in that last series. We were just in Minnesota because he was hurt. And I think they're talking about potentially. I'm not sure if he's going to be back for this weekend or not. But, I mean, there's there are guys, you know, it's not like it's just an Adalberto Mondesi thing. You see those guys who are just, you know, extremely talented, but it's flashes because they can't stay on the field. And it's not just, a, you know, something that the, the Royals are dealing with. I love Buxton when he's good. And he got up to such a great start this year. And uh, in fairness to, to Mondesi, he did play 59 of the 60 games last season. So let's take, take 2020 off the table. He was there for the Royals all of last season. It was years previous to the 162 game seasons where, uh, where the, the injury bug bit him a few times. Um, but look, Lynn, um, the injuries to, to players, Jorge Soler is dealing with a, a, a groin injury now, right? He only got the one at bat on Saturday, had to come out of the game. The, the Royals have uh, a couple of new Royals or unfamiliar Royals have stepped into the lineup and have taken advantage of their uh, their opportunity, have they not? Gutierrez, Oliveras, we're seeing some pretty good swings from those guys, pretty good baseball from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oliveras just got there over the weekend. He um, played his first game on Sunday, but he was he actually had uh, two hits that day, including um, he started he had a single that started the five run inning that you know basically swung that entire game. 
Um, last night he was, uh, I believe he was on for the Mondesi home run. I think he got hit by the pitch, if I remember right. Um, uh, innings are starting to run together, but I think he got hit by the pitch and then got, um, or no, actually, that he might, I think he got he, he got on after that. I'm, I'm probably confusing the innings. I'm trying to remember who it was who was on base. But, um, but I know he got hit by a pitch last night. I think he was on base twice last night. I think he had the infield hit. Um, Gutierrez, you know, came up when Dozier initially got hurt and they've kept him, you know, even now that Dozier's back and, um, Soler being hurt sort of makes it a little bit easier because you, last night, Dozier DHs, Gutierrez can still play third and you get, uh, Oliveras in right field. So, um, the injuries have sort of paved the way for some guys to come in there. Gutierrez has had some good at bats. He, I think the average has dropped a little bit over the last, you know, few days, but he's still, he had a key double the other day. So, I mean, yeah, you're seeing some guys and they're not brand new guys. I mean, Gutierrez first came up in 19. Oliveras was up at the end of last year after they made that trade to acquire him. He was part of that Trevor Rosenthal deal, which, you know, as much as, um, at the time, I think people were up in arms like, Oh, you gave up on Rosenthal and gave up on the season. And well, you have, Oliveras in the team control for a while now, and now people are excited about him. So it's just, you know, one of those things where when you want to criticize the trade, then you have to make sure you give credit on the back end of that too. <laughs> right. That says something about the depth of the Padres organization that they could part with uh, in Oliveras um, and, and, and to, to acquire Rosenthal. They needed some relief pitching last year. Okay, let's uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk pitching and the starting rotation, how they're getting along without Danny Duffy. The Kansas City Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare, the University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind to win. The University of Kansas Health System, official healthcare provider of the Royals. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with uh, beat writer Lynn Murphy and columnist Vahe Gregorian on SportsBeat Live. We're talking Royals with you. Please send us your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. And uh, you know, usually uh, by now in the show, we have mentioned the Royals record or their their. Um, uh, their streak. Hey, they're 500, right? They're 26 and 26. Is it seven out of 10 now that they've won? Uh, something, I believe it's seven out of 10 since the 11 game losing streak. Uh, certainly it's trending upward is 10 of 16. Well, yeah. Uh, since the streak, it's, it, they've played 16 okay. games since the streak. So it's 10 of 16. Since that, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's um, uh, not bad. 
uh, not bad at all. So the Royals either play you know, 600 ball or zero ball, I guess is what, uh, what it amounts to. Either way, it gets them to 500 on the season. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, they are doing this right now without uh, the best starting pitcher, or at least the, the best one this season for them, and that's Danny Duffy. Uh, the, the days off here, Lynn, have allowed the Royals to kind of finesse this, haven't they, to uh, – uh, get through uh, maybe with a four-man rotation for a little while. That's probably going to run out uh, sometime uh, early next week. But uh, what's what's the latest on Duffy, and uh, and where do the Royals go if if he's not back in time, uh, maybe for the West Coast trip next week? Yeah, there there hasn't really been much of an update. I asked over the weekend, and they said that he was hadn't really done anything more as far as um, progression. I think they were still, at least the indication was he was still in that just resting at stage as far as letting it calm down. Um, they've gotten by with they had three off days in about a week, and then they have another one on Wednesday. So um, the only sort of fill-in start they had to do was um, – they used Junis out of a bullpen for multiple innings, and then they used a uh, Santana slash um, Carlos Hernandez, basically. Santana had the first couple innings, and then Carlos Hernandez came in and, and gave multiple innings in relief. Now, they sent Carlos Hernandez back down already. That was the, the move to move uh, to get Olivares on the roster. Um, so it makes it interesting um, by the time you get to, I guess, the – Early next week, because you'll have an off day, then you'll have um, four games with the Twins, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So then when they hit the West Coast, they'll probably have to make some sort of a move unless, you know, Duffy is ready. I mean, Duffy's eligible at this point, but uh, it doesn't sound, from what we've been told, at least like he's necessarily nearing a return. Um, even though initially it seemed like it wouldn't be that long. It's just you haven't really, you know, they haven't said anything as far as update. And I know he's um, around the team, at least in Kansas City. I don't believe he was on the trip. I didn't see him, and, and unless he was going to come off the the injured list, they usually wouldn't travel him. At least uh, this year, with all the protocols and everything. How about Stalmont? What's the latest on Josh Stalmont? Well, he just went on the list on Friday, so he won't be. He would definitely not be back for a little while. Um, it sounded like it was. They said it was a knee issue, and his velocity had been down in the last outing that he threw. Um, now he had thrown a bunch in a short period of time, about a week before that. And then we'd seen him pitch a couple of times and there was one outing where I think the velocity was pretty good. And then the last one, it seemed to be down and Mike Matheny had alluded to potentially maybe that was part of what we saw with the velocity was, you know, the, something going on with the knee sort of affecting, you know, um, just the whole, uh, I think he, he likes to use the term kinetic chain in terms of just how, you know, the guy's whole body and how the whole fluidity works together. Um, so it's going to probably, I mean, I think he was, he went on Friday. I think they backdated it one day. So you wouldn't see him, uh, for another good week, at least. Um, even if he was ready to just come right back. Yeah. And Greg Holland with back to back, uh, you know, ninth inning games for, for the Royals. Uh, I wonder what they would do if, if they found themselves tonight needing a, you know, a save opportunity or just a ninth inning pitcher. I, I doubt it would be Greg Holland. We'll have to see. So, um, okay. It is, uh, it is spring, late spring. And that means, uh, in college, uh, in sports, the, the, uh, the NCAA, the college world series for both the, the women in softball and the men in baseball are, uh, are reaching their, uh, the, the, the bracket stage, right? We know the eight, teams for the women's college world series in Oklahoma city 
uh, does not include Missouri. The Tigers' season ended on on Sunday when they fell to James Madison in the Super Regional. Terrific season for Larissa Anderson and uh, and the Missouri softball team. I think that that program has a bright, bright future after going through some rocky uh, stages in the last few years. Um, and the 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 national seeds are out for the for the NCAA men's baseball tournament. Uh, of the of the top eight seeds, seven of them are from the Big Twelve or the SEC, and that includes top seeded Arkansas. Vahe, you were down uh, in Arkansas working on stories about uh, the Royals minor league team down there. Which, by the way, uh, remiss if I don't if I fail to mention <laughs> Bobby Witt Jr. We may have we may have brought him up once or twice on this show in the past. With a three home run game, and, and the surprise to me wasn't that he hit three home runs in one game. It was the second time that a, a, a player on that team had done that this year. I didn't realize Nick Prado had done it just uh, a, w- a week or so earlier. So, all the, the, the double A murderers row they got out there in Northwest <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> they, made, they went back to back to back, and uh, was it Melendez, Prado, and Witt on the three home run and in, in, in one yeah. sequence there? So. I believe they had a franchise record seven home runs in the game, and yeah, wow. so it's um, they got some guys swinging the bat. Vahe, what what did you uh, what did you teach them? You coach them up while you're out there? Well, we, we I had to sit them down, and you know we talked. I remember I'll always remember Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, saying this line about you're either uh, winning or you're learning. That really stuck with me, and I told Dayton Moore that line, and Dayton Dayton kind of said. Huh, I like that. So it, it, it's a pretty good way of uh, encapsulating how he seems to have been looking at stuff. We have often talked about when we're going to see Bobby Wood Jr. We'll save that for another show because it's not going to happen this week. And uh, uh, but maybe the time's coming uh, pretty soon. We'll have we'll have the month of June uh, shows on Tuesdays to discuss. What I wanted to get to though was an additional story, Vahe, that you. Uh, that you researched and wrote about while you were down there, and that is the uh, the young middle infielder for the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, one Robert Young. He is um, he tearing it up, a heck of a college baseball player, and I do believe he has a Royals connection. <laughs> Tell us about the story. Um, well, you know, Blair, I, it, we've we've seen Robert Moore around for Robert some Moore. Years. What did I- I went. Oh, I oh went you said, Robert Young. I think I said. Um, yeah, I was thinking Marcus Welby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's easily confused. Uh, young, young uh, Robert is what I. <laughs> Doctor Kildare. Uh, and <laughs> Apologies, uh, Robert and the Moore family. No, I think you just wanted to say young Robert. I did. Um, <laughs> I did. But but we've seen uh, Robert around a little bit here and there over the years, and and you probably more than me just because you've been here longer. But um, and, and one day he just kind of became uh, a pretty well known player on the circuit in his mid teens, playing for you know USA Baseball under fourteen, and um, and I think at age seventeen he had to face the question of whether to go to college or start making himself eligible for the draft. And long story short, um, he's become an all-SEC, all-defensive player also at Arkansas at second base with a certain flair for the moment. Uh, We've seen a couple of his bat flips. uh, And 
it, that was sort of part of the impetus for for speaking with Dayton about it. I sort of conceived it as a Father's Day story, but it it with the uh, uh, brackets being announced for the baseball tournament, it seemed like a good time to to run it. And uh, as you both know, um, Dayton's a very thoughtful person, and to hear him talking about his approach to his son, right to how to coach his son, how to stand back, how to be present, all those things. Blair, as a father, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of the thinking that has to go into doing that right. Um, and it turns out his son is also an exceptional talent who has really absorbed all the things he was around. So it was a really uh, enjoyable thing to work on. Yeah, I wish I had um, uh, wish I'd figured that out 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not at all. No, no. It was, it was a terrific story and a great read. And I wish nothing but the best for, for the Moors. And what? Listen, I mean, we, we've known we've known Dayton Moore ever since he's been here, right? Since two in two thousand and six, and we we know about his love for baseball, his passion for his family, and for him to have the experience that that he's having right now, following his son, who is a terrific college baseball player. Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier for him. I also, JJ Piccolo's sons uh, in college baseball as well. And what a listen! That's just a that's just a fantastic experience for for those Royals executives to not only enjoy the game, you know, as as employees of a major league team, but to be able to follow their sons and uh, through through the college baseball ranks, the highest levels of college baseball. I just think that's. Um, what a joy that must be for for the uh, for the for those families. The, the one thing uh, Blair Robert specifically spoke about JJ's sons, but but there were other royals children of royals executives involved. But the image of Robert and JJ's sons being whatever they were nine, ten, eleven years old and being out at the big league camp and surprise and just going out among the fans behind George Brett Field to try to catch home runs, you know, as little kids. It's really, uh, you know, I'm kind of hokey, but the innocence of that, tracking that to here is pretty, pretty sweet. And I, I like what Dayton said, though, too, about that it had to be had to become his love, had to become Robert's love. And, you know, it's about his dreams, not Dayton's dreams. And yet how much Dayton loves just going to watch. Right. And again, as a father, I'm, I'm sure you, you related to that. I love the Ned Yost story too. Um, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that terrific? The image that I got of uh, of these kids, <laughs> Ned telling the kids to go take some notes and you know, scout some players, dutifully, you know, taking notes. That just was really cool. Uh, really cool image. So uh, the, the that story will be linked to the show notes when uh, when the Sports Beat Live becomes a Sports Beat KC podcast. And we're going to work on that right now because uh, we've reached the end of our time with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to producer Beth Welsh, to Vahe Gregorian and Lynn Worthy. Thanks to the University of Kansas Medical uh, System for, for our sponsorship. And, uh, and thank you, the most important people of our, our audience. We're, we come at you at 10 a.m. every Tuesday morning. Continue to follow and watch and follow these guys, Vahe and Lynn, because they're cranking out great stuff. So. Thanks a lot, you guys, and we'll talk again next week. That will do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. 
Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus more stories that appear only on the website, and they always appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. You read about what's going on with the Chiefs during OTAs, the Royals while they're playing so well right now, the colleges, our soccer teams. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news sports business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the four whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.